When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Kai Napsack, and this is Daily Thrones, a quick look at the world of ice and fire. We are looking at season seven's best quiet moments, the small moments, the little moments that make the show, make the characters, and move the story. And I'm still in episode one. We talked about Arya, her fatal smirk, a lot of things going on there. How about the end of the first episode of season seven? I absolutely still love Danny returning to Dragonstone, returning to Westeros. Not just her, Daenerys Targaryen returning, where she barely had no memory, uh, if any memory at all of being there, but the Targaryens themselves. Yeah, you know, you got Jon Snow running around, Aemon Targaryen up at the walls, the maester of the, the Night's Watch. But I mean, this is like a proper return for the Targaryens. And that's a big moment, especially if you're a history and lore nut, like all of us are here on Daily Thrones. Most of us, I do believe. This was a big moment, and the show... I really think the producers, creators, everyone involved gave that moment the spotlight it deserved, the honor in a way, the respect. It gave it a moment to breathe. We had been wondering, when's Danny going to hit the shore? And when she hits the shore, where we left her in season six, she is sailing off to war and she has allies. She has an army. She has dragons. This is it. The Targaryen Conquest Part 2. It didn't go as planned. That was part of the drama, part of the conflict, part of the obstacles in season seven. Daenerys Targaryen faced a lot of things, learned again, paid the price. Where she is at the end of the season, different at the beginning, and that's how it should be. And I really do believe that moment, Danny returning, was one of my favorite moments of the season and maybe even the series because it is a payoff. Especially if you go back to season one. I think there are a lot of moments in season seven that if you go back to season one, they take on a added emotional depth. Viserys talking to Danny about Westeros and how he's going to go back. Now here, here we are, seven seasons, seven years or so later. She is the one returning. I loved the silence. I love the looks. I love the the breathtaking views. I love the moments. I love the tearing down of Stannis's banners. And even though I am a Stannis fan, there was a power in that moment. Stannis, in fact, anyone other than Targaryen, may not have really belonged at Dragonstone. That moment was powerful in its own right. The painted table, looking over the map of the land she is here to conquer, the land she is here to take back. Again, it didn't go as planned. Again, there was lessons learned. Lessons learned, and that's as it should be in Game of Thrones. We don't want a straight line of a story. We want some surprises. We want some different things. But when she looks at it all in front of her with her trusted team of advisors there just missing Sir Jorah at that point she utters those words let's begin shall we let's begin I love it I loved it then I loved it now I love what it means and we're still not done 
She says, let's begin there. The journey doesn't necessarily end at season seven for that proclamation. She's still going. She learned. She's added forces. Jon Snow's at her side one way or another. You can go back to that moment for the final chapter of Daenerys Targaryen. Begins there. And we're still turning the pages. Daenerys coming home. One of my favorite moments in season seven and all of Game of Thrones. What are your favorite season seven moments? The small little moments buried beneath the epicness? Call in. Let us know here on Daily Thrones. Hey, Ken, Kevin Ross. I kind of want to address Eric's comments about the Hound a little bit and kind of get into it. Um, is the Hound a changed man or is the Hound finally coming to terms that it's okay to believe? And the reason why I say that is I go all the way back to season one when he jumped down at the tournament to take on his brother, the Mountain, in the fight. Uh, had no business doing it. But the moment Robert Baratheon says, enough you two, stop, he gets on one knee and obeys the rules while his brother, maybe trying to scare him or maybe not, takes an immediate cheap shot and stays on his feet. It clearly shows that the Hound is a guy that understands and wants to participate in society and wants to obey the rules, but he also understands that there are rules and there are rules. And he lives outside of that process because he has to, not because he wants to. Now in season seven, he finally gets a chance to live the way he wants to. Thanks. All right, let's talk about the growth of the Hound again, but go in a little more deeply. We were talking yesterday on Daily Thrones after a call from our good friend Eric, talking about the growth of Sandor Clegane as we start to see it in Season 7, particularly in the first episode. The gravedigger scene, him kind of taking on a different view of life, maybe a new moral code. And I agree with that. But Kevin, our friend over at Three Cocktail Questions, has a interesting counter to that, or not such a, a counter, but maybe it's a look at it from a different point of view, and I like it. Let's dive into it here. Is the Hound a changed man, or did the Hound just really find himself? Now, that's a change. You could break down that word a little bit, but I, I think you know what I mean. Is it a total sea change? Did he find God, become something new, become someone new? That's the idea you get. But I like the example of back to season one with the Hound bowing before Robert Baratheon during the fight. The pre-Clegane Bowl, the, the bowl we almost had season one at the uh, at the tourney there. Um, because it, it, it does indicate the Hound recognizes authority, recognizes one of his bosses, for lack of a better uh, term. He knows he must follow the orders, but also Gregor doesn't. Sandor does. Does he want to be part of society? I think later on with some of the stuff with Sansa in season two, maybe offering to help her escape. Sansa doesn't trust him, and I think that's actually a very justifiable position. But along the way, we started to see the heart of the Hound, the way he kind of took care of Sansa. It just was in his own way. He wasn't nice about it, but he was at least caring and helped her as best he was capable of the time, as, as best he wanted to of the time. Uh, whether it was saving her from that horrible situation, uh, the, the potential near rape, the near murder with, at the hands of the rioters, uh, putting uh, a, a cloak around her uh, after uh, all the stuff with, with, with Joffrey threatening her with a, uh, uh, a crossbow, all those kind of things. It's, it's building up. So the Hound has a moral code. He always has had that. He just maybe didn't know which 
life to lead, or maybe he just figured he only had a certain path in life, a certain lot. He was a big, tall, powerful, burned man, shunned by society, shunned by his brother, nearly murdered by his brother. His brother gets all this credit. You notice the hound doesn't want to be a knight because Gregor's become a knight. That doesn't mean much to the hound then. But he maybe looks at that and says, well, he's a knight and he doesn't live by any kind of code that the knights are supposed to live by or what I'm told they're supposed to live by. So maybe the hound, that's one of the reasons he turns it away. Uh, the, the idea, uh, he's very vocal about, I'm not a knight. I'm not a sir. So maybe by the time he returns after his adventures with Arya, I think he, he clearly had uh, a, a growing care and respect for Arya. Uh, maybe a little daughter that he thought he would never never get, and he'd be proud of her. She's a good killer. He definitely has some care and concern for her at the end. Uh, she she turns out to be more than just his, his uh, hostage. Turns out to be a good road partner. So when he comes back, now he has quite maybe literally found God. That was maybe a swing too far in one direction. Especially sees what happens when you... Don't pick up a sword again. Look what happened to Brother Ray. Burns the hound. He's angry. No pun intended. Sorry, Sandor. I didn't mean that. But it uh, it chaps his hide, and then he's off to return to violence. And maybe now the swing starts to go back the other way. So the hound is trying to find his place. That's what I was saying. When hound, the hound stays true to his core. Even his change is uh, a subtle one. It's a gruff one. Maybe it's about the hound finding his place. What do you guys think? We can carry on this discussion throughout the rest of the week if you want to, but we're still going to be talking about favorite scenes and moments in Season 7 and a whole lot more here on Daily Thrones. Hey, Ken. Uh, just had a couple of thoughts. You know, we're we're in this big lull between the uh, the seasons now. We all we all know it's not going to be till 2019 uh, if we're to believe Sophie Turner's comments, which there's no reason we shouldn't. Um, that being said, uh, I am unable to find any news about the sixth book, Winds of Winter, or, uh, Fire and Blood, the first volume of Fire and Blood, the history of Targaryen kings. Uh, I'm wondering if, if you can, or if any of the, the listeners and the community here have heard anything about these two, and if there's any, uh, news that they'll be coming out soon, or are we just kind of getting the, uh, slow block of ice melting? <laughs> so I hope you guys got that one thanks for taking the call Ken uh, have a great night closing out this broadcast day with a question from Sir Thomas to tell about the books Winds of Winter Fire and Blood the other book the Targaryen history book that we uh, are led to believe is coming out now we know there's no set date but Thomas's question is is there any news is there any information so we're putting it out there now to Daily Thrones listeners if you have some speculation you have some rumors there's some news on when these books might be coming out. Let's find out as a team. I'll go to some of the normal news sites tomorrow, Watchers on the Wall, that kind of stuff. But let's dig. Let's see. Let's see if we can find. Maybe we'll even get get a tweet answer from George R. Martin himself. It is a homework assignment, a book report of Will, if you will, here on Daily Thrones.